me do the intro. I got, I got something right now. All right, cool. Welcome to The Short Game, where we're always on the hunt for innovative, fun gaming experiences that you can fit into your busy life. I like that. That was good. That was good. I'm joined today by a panel of yeah. gaming enthusiasts and technology experts, <laughs> including one who is genetically identical to me, Reagan Kelly. This is so. I am Reagan Kelly. And another who is probably, you know, in the broad scheme of things, not too genetically different from me. You know, compared to, say, like a dolphin. Well, let's not go that far. You sound like a automated, like, podcast announcing robot. It's great. I, I'm working on becoming a podcast announcing robot. I feel like uh, the better I get at these sorts of things, the more uh, more canned and robotic I'll be. That's what people really tune in for, isn't it? Welcome to Podcast Phone. Dial one for podcasts. <laughs> well, I'm happy to be here. Uh my name is Nate. Thank yes, Shane, you. you didn't. You introduced and then did not name Nate. Well, you guys just started to tell me that I was a robot, so I figured I would defy your expectations by failing. <laughs> that works. All right. And this week, this is another one of our short episodes. This is a, a format that we are using um, now. It's a thing we're doing. Sorry, this is. I'm confused. What's happening? Reagan, you're you're on Skype with me. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, good. Okay. Um, All right. Yes, this is a short episode, a uh, short episode, if, you, uh, if you're not a fan of portmanteaus. <laughs> the whole idea is that we're going to try and get in and out on this topic that is uh, basically the opposite of what we do. We're trying to do an episode today on long games. Why, guys, do we do a show on short games instead of long games? And what is your favorite long game? The game that you wish you could talk about on the short game, but you named the show the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah, I think we should start with like why we're doing this episode. I mean, because we definitely kind of shit on long games over and over and over, right? Yeah, man. Fuck long games. Uh, you know, collectibles. We, we, we rag on all that stuff a lot. But I don't think we really mean time is you know a game that's long doesn't necessarily mean it's bad it's how the gaming industry adds unnecessary time and kind of has this time equals value thing there's certainly a lot of really good really long games that keep your interest the entire time and we all have a lot of games that we really love that we've spent a long time with yeah and we talk about these smaller games because they're little experiences that show innovation you know it's rarer to see really new ideas, um, you know, coming out of uh, mainstream games, uh, AAA games, the kind of games that take you, you know, 60 plus hours to play or the online multiplayer games with an open-ended time frame. But we do see really cool innovations in those games from time to time. Um, and obviously, there are a thousand shows that you can listen to that will talk about what those amazing experiences are in the broader range of games but we just kind of wanted to this is an excuse for us to chat about our favorite games basically the ones that we can't talk about on the show but we will anyhow anyhow doing this made me go back to my steam library and uh look over my list of games as just sort of sorted by how many hours i'd spent playing them did either of you guys have a look at your steam library in that way I don't know. Does it actually track across multiple computers on yeah. Steam? Or is yeah, it, it does. Okay. As well, I'm going to talk about a little while from now. I spent a long time playing like MMOs and things like that and stuff on consoles. So my Steam library isn't exactly 
great representation of my time spent with games, uh, mostly because the game that has the most time is uh, Faster Than Light, which is coincidentally <laughs> a game we featured for the short game. So, how many hours are you at in Faster Than Light? Uh, about a, it's like 115 hours. Oh, geez. <laughs> I, I've put in, uh, I was the, the biggest game on my list as far as time is uh, Skyrim, which, I mean, you know, Skyrim's been talked to death, but everyone put many, many hours into Skyrim. I put 154 hours yeah, into Skyrim. That's impressive. And it was, you know, all a ton of fun. And I didn't even play most of the DLC and intend to go back and play it someday. But um, I, what I really wanted to talk about today as far as, my favorite game that I thought was really interesting and worth mentioning. Everyone knows Skyrim is good. This just in Skyrim. Good. (laughs) Yeah. Can we just say Bethesda? Oh yeah. Because I want to say mine was going to be fallout. And then I'm like, well, that's Skyrim with guns and, and, and radioactive monsters. You know, it's the same company. So Let's just say Bethesda games are good, and then we'll talk about our uh, se- separate games. Yeah, they're amazing games, and they have uh, they have a really great way of telling a story that allows you to feel like you're really free, you know, free to explore a world, free to discover things, um, and that's really what makes them take so long is just because you always feel like there's one more hill to climb, one more dungeon to, to dive into, one more, you know, bunker to break into. Vault to explore. Yeah. Those games are huge and they can become enormous time sinks. I really wanted to focus, though, on my favorite game that I've spent upwards of 60 hours in, which actually I think I spent closer to about 80 hours Um on a game that doesn't have that open-ended nature. It's not an open-world game. It's not a game with, uh, you know, a thousand possible paths. It's a game with a clear narrative direction that takes a really, really long time to get through. Uh, and that's The Witcher 2. I think I've talked about this game on the show before. Yeah, you tried to get me hooked on The Witcher 2, and I I gave it my best shot. I, I didn't really get into it in the same way that you did. I didn't complete the game. So... I'm kind of I'm kind of wondering what it is about The Witcher 2 that sucked you in so much. Was it the story? Was it the gameplay? It was totally the gameplay and it's it's hard to put my finger completely on it because it does have a pretty good story and it has an interesting world. Uh, although you get this feeling that you're kind of being dropped into a story that's already underway, which is true. You know, you're actually playing a character that has had an entire book series, an entire life that has happened before the game begins. And you're being dropped into a world with a lot of political conflicts and existing character relationships that it doesn't ever take the time to hold your hand and fully explain. But really, I think what stood out to me about The Witcher 2 was it's an RPG, but it plays like an action game. And obviously we've seen games like that since Zelda, but this is a game that has a really deep and really addictive combat style. You just, just fighting with the dual sword mechanic that the Witcher has and his weird spells that he can cast mid combat. It just is a ton of fun to play. And I think it's a game that I can give an unqualified recommendation to almost anybody on because it's so cheap. You know, you can pick it up on Steam. Uh, its full price is maybe, I think, 
20 bucks now, um, but it goes on sale literally every Steam sale. And uh, it's made by CD Projekt Red, who runs GOG.com. So it's on sale there all the time as well. And I think you can pick it up for like $5 most of the time. If you, you know, if you keep an eye out for any sale, it goes on sale at the drop of a hat. Yeah, time-wise, I, I mean, it's a on how long to beat. It comes out to about 30 hours, which That's is insane. definitely three times our kind of target time i think for this show does it really say just 30 hours for that game because main story 24 uh main and extras 32 and a half who are these people speed running this game that's insane i played it from beginning to end one time and it was probably um 55 hours or something like that and i've gone up to about 70 now but they give a speed run time on this game of uh, an average of about 15 hours. Jeez. Well, I took a lot longer than that playing it, but actually that may be a little encouraging. You know, it's a game that if you decide you don't want to hit any of those optional side quests, it has a lot of really good side quests, and I did do a fair number of them, I suppose, um, then you probably can get through it in less time. Yeah, I think I have this game... Um, I think based off of your recommendation, I just haven't started it yet. It definitely looks looks fun and I love a good combat system in an RPG. That's what carried me through uh, most of Dishonored, which I know is kind of on our on our radar to play. Totally. We I Dishonored has a great stealth system, but it has an even better combat system and so uh, I can definitely get behind that. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to us going back to Dishonored because it'll just give me a reason to play it again. I love that game, but I kind of backburnered it when uh, like I realized that Watch Out for Fireballs had done a uh, a really great episode on Dishonored. And uh, I don't know if I have much more to add than what they did on that show. But such yeah, a Yeah, but phenomenal those guys game. are jerks and they're all dum-dums, so <laughs> yeah, so there's that. Well, uh, speaking of those guys, by the way, I just want to throw this out there. I, I uh, a couple of days ago, spent uh, many hours on their live stream event that they did. Mm, Duckstream. Uh, yeah, Duckstream TV did a uh, did a really great kind of. Um, how would you describe that event, Reagan? I mean, it was it was, it was a, a charity sort of live a- screen live stream for twenty four hours. They split it up twelve hours and twelve hours. So. Um, in Portland, uh, Gary did his half, his 12 hours, and I watched a little bit of that. And then the other half I didn't get a chance to watch with, uh, with Cole. Mm-hmm. And it was, a, it was, a, it was entertaining. I, I have a, a, it was a bizarre experience because I, uh, I kind of fell asleep with it on. I was, I had it playing, um, and I was kind of chit chatting back and forth with the guys and, um, then I, I had something I needed to read, so I went over to my to my bed and I, I started reading, and I just sort of fell asleep with this thing on, and I woke up at like six o'clock in the morning, and they were doing like a live reading of the script to Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> you got to have content somehow, you know. I know, and they were all doing the voices and everything, and oh man, I was I was like, what the what the what the heck am I hearing? <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I listened to their Cave Story episode, which we also did the Cave Story episode. It was really good as well. Mm -hmm. But anyway, our podcast. We have a podcast too, guys. So what I'm thinking here, let's kind of rattle off some more games. We've talked about The Witcher 2. What are, Nate, what is your game that you have spent the most time exploring? 
Yeah, I don't know if if I want to answer the most time exploring because that game is World of Warcraft, and there's a lot to be said for MMORPGs. I have stopped. I haven't played that game in about three or four years. Can I ask you some questions about MMORPGs because I've never sure. gotten fully sucked into one? Sure. The one thing I, as a gamer, do not understand about MMORPG players is what keeps you coming back for so long? Like, what's the progression? Like, once you've gotten to level the level cap and all that, what what keeps you in there? Well, getting to the level cap, I think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Nate, is something that can take years upon years of play anyway. It depends. That depends on a game's life cycle. So, like, a game like World of Warcraft, when it started getting to the level cap was a big deal. It took a long time to get to level 60. Uh, the world was huge, and, you, and it took you a long time to get to 60. At this point, the level cap is no longer really the thing. Like, I, So I haven't played World of Warcraft since... Um, it's been at least three or four years, if anybody... I, I played when, you, when they brought in the pandas, you were like, I'm out, no pandas for me? No, actually, before that, I stopped right before the second expansion, which was, I think, called Wrath of the Lich King, which was like th four years into its life. But anyway, that's a good question. I mean, you hit the level cap, and what brings you... Uh, first of all, the thing that always got me in these games was the social element. My favorite thing to do with video games is to play with other people. And I certainly enjoy single-player games. I play a ton of single-player games. Almost every episode we've done on this show has been a single-player game, except for something like maybe Towerfall and things like that, which I still play Towerfall like once or twice a week. Um but playing with other people. And fortunately, throughout this entire time of me playing MMOs has been I've played with friends, mostly real life friends, but I there are some people I don't I haven't really stayed in touch with them uh, since no longer playing them, but there are some people that I got to know via the online game, the you know, the world that we were in that I at times really considered to be really good friends and people that I knew and people that I, you know, would talk to and you would get on to play with them. That on top of the never ending grind for sweet loot. And there's something to be said for the the long commitment to randomly generated uh, moments of satisfaction. <laughs> so you you know, you gear up to fight a boss with like when when I was really into World of Warcraft was when it took 40. There was 40 man raids. It required 40 real human beings all across the world to get together for like six hours straight to fight these bosses. And there was something crazy about that to me. Like, I just thought that was so awesome. It is awesome that the developers made a boss that was so hard that it took 40 people in unison doing the right things to beat like just the whole thing together was just amazing to me and then that boss would drop maybe about three pieces of of equipment and it had to be divided between the 40 people that were playing that's rough and so yeah and so you know you'd commit to it you'd spend the time to learn the bosses play with these people that you would get to know because they're spending a lot of time i was hardly a voice i didn't really use my microphone very much but a lot of people did so you actually start to hear like real life voices and start really attaching these characters you're playing with with real people 
and you commit this time to it, to just getting there, that once you've gotten to the point where you're able to kill this boss, you want to go there every chance that you can with all these people to get your shot at loot. And when you do get it, it's great, because you spent all that time trying to get loot. And yeah, it doesn't really mean anything, because your character's slightly stronger and can get slightly better loot, so that you can come back the next week and try again at something that's slightly more difficult. And that's what eventually made me stop. You know, I did finally, like, I can't, do this anymore but i don't regret the amount of time that i spent with those games and a lot of it was with real life friends and some of my really good memories that i have with some of these friends are these times when we got together to play these games and we still talk about them all the time i have never played world of warcraft i never played everquest i never really played a, an mmorpg and I, I actually blame a lot of that on the fact that I had a Mac when I was a kid. You know, they were never really console games. You had to be on a PC. And um, I didn't really have a gaming PC until I was a full-grown adult with a job and too much stuff going on yeah. to play World well, of Warcraft. World of Warcraft was on a Mac, so you're not 100% there. It wasn't when I was a kid. Are like, you? Or when it was first out. Like, World of Warcraft came out for Mac. Um, I remember when it came out for Mac. I don't remember the, the date or anything, but um, I, I was already, um, it was certainly, like, when, when did you start with World of Warcraft? I started from beta. Now, um, I didn't have a Mac to begin with, you're right, so I'm trying to remember the timeline of it myself, but I the vast majority of my time playing World of Warcraft was on, was on a Mac because that, I had a, I had a, um, a MacBook, the white yeah. plastic MacBook, and that's what I spent years playing world of warcraft on now i do remember playing it on my parents pc i mean the game's 10 years old so um that puts me at like 16 when it came out um 17 it's 10 or 11 years old um so i i, I started on my parents computer but uh it was on mac very quickly everquest never was hmm. but blizzard has always been a company that's been very good about uh being on both on both platforms. Well, the games that I have played that are online like that, you know, played with actual human friends, were all co-op games. Human um, friends. <laughs> Greetings. I am here to make human friends. <laughs> and uh, actually, the one of the long games that I'm finally getting my claws into right now, along with Shane, is uh, Divinity uh, Original Sin, which in some ways kind of has the feeling of a MMO because we're, you know, playing this multi-hours long quest in a fairly large world, but it's just the two of us. You know, it's a two-player co-op game. Um, and that's, I cannot recommend that game enough if you like things like Baldur's Gate or other, like, computer RPGs in the classic Western style. It's uh, got pretty, pretty good combat system that really has a feeling of, like, a... Uh, tabletop RPG, you know, characters are all have turns and a character sheet, and uh, each thing you kill drops loot. And Shane, how would you describe that game? I would say it's very heavily based on um, Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, it's it's a very straight tabletop RPG setup, uh, turn based combat. Um, one of the things I like best about it is that uh, you can play it either individually or as a group and you're creating at least two of the characters you know uh through the character creation system but you're collecting other characters you know throughout the world and their story becomes part of the main story it's nice in in that it it uh doesn't scale the difficulty 
you know, you'll you'll definitely have to run into bad guys that you can't fight and you have to run away from. Um, it's a it's a difficult game with a lot of strategy involved in the combat. I don't think it's as strong for the kind of quest elements. There's a lot of stuff that's where you're going to have to run around and click on everybody. And, you know, I, f I find myself having to uh, dig for a, a strategy guide or something to know, like, what on earth I have to do next in this or that quest. And the quests are pretty, pretty heavily. Uh, you have to you have to dive through a lot of the quests for XP to level up to be able to even face even some of the early bosses and early bad guys that are not bosses. So it's a, it's a game that I'm really loving for the co-op elements uh, and really, really loving for its similarities to, you know, my old standby favorites, tabletop RPGs. But if I were to say, like, what's my favorite long game, it wouldn't be this game. It'd be something like, you know, New Vegas or something. Yeah, New Vegas is probably my answer. The other game that I wanted to talk about, too, before going off on the MMO run was um, something that sits in that same kind of timeline that Reagan was talking about with Witcher 2, a game with a clear ending, but definitely room for exploration. Uh, kind of a throwback, but everybody loves this game, Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, yeah. A game that I absolutely loved and did not come to until way after its release. I think I played I've this game. I've never played it. Oh, really? I think really? I played it in like 2011. It came out in 2003 on the original Xbox um, and on PC. And I think I think it was on PlayStation. But um, I think I it was eventually. It. Um, but yeah, I, I don't yeah. I don't know what all systems it's on now. Many. Yeah, well, I played it through Steam. I, you, at this point, it's in virtually every... Uh, Steam sale, you can get it for like $2, you know, made by Bioware, who would go on to make Mass Effect and that whole series. And the Dragon and Age can... games, which are amazing, and I'm really looking forward to the new one. Oh my gosh, yes. So this was, I don't know if it was their first game, but definitely the first game for them to kind of get into this model. It was definitely not their first game. Um, I know that, uh, like we were talking about Baldur's Gate a second ago, they made that and it's and it's uh, ilk. Oh right. So they made some they made some computer RPGs. This was their first Star Wars game, and as far as I know, it was their first science fiction RPG. Um, so you know, fans of the Mass Effect series will probably find this a comfortable fit. Um, such an amazing game, though. I actually played this on the iPad. Yeah, I've heard it's pretty good on the iPad too. Yeah, it's totally decent, and you—they even have a iPhone version now. I just downloaded Bioshock for the iPhone, and I'm wondering how that's going to go. That blows me away. I know, me too. Um, but yeah, I—you know—Knights uh, of the Old Republic is a is a game that stands up today. I had heard so much about it, and finally was like, I'm going to play this game. I think it took me about 40 hours to beat. Uh, how long to beat, we'll say 30 to 35, but I too like to take my time and run around and die a lot and explore. has a phenomenal story, which holds up, you know, that's kind of what keeps you moving from planet to planet. The gameplay is still great. Yeah, it's keep in mind that story-wise, the game predates the Star Wars prequels, and so it was, uh, doesn't it? I believe it does. It's something like a four thousand years before the. No, no, I, I, I mean, I mean that um, 
in release time like it, it came oh, out before yeah. george lucas went back and took a hacksaw to his uh, to his work so yeah. uh, although yes three gungans yes there are no gungans in the game um but there are many really great characters that just feel very star wars you know there's uh yeah there's a lot of great jedis and they have good dialogue there's this really cool um android or not android just droid this really cool um assassin droid what was he named? There's a cool. Again? I don't remember. I, it's been a while. There's a cool Wookiee that's mm-hmm. not Chewy that has like a little girl. You learn a lot about Wookiees. Um, they do a great job. It really. I'm sold. I want to learn a lot about Wookiees. Yeah, you go to the Wookiee home planet. It, it's it's a ton of fun. It the because they did it in this sort of turn based combat. It still feels good. You know, a lot of games that had had any sort of combat from the early 2000s does not feel good anymore because mm-hmm. real-time combat has evolved. It has that same basic combat style that basically all Bioware games have, which is that you're playing uh, as a party of people. You can control all of them, and you can either control any one of them individually and kind of play it like an action game, and the rest of your characters all just kind of wing it. Uh, you know, they'll they'll operate on their own or you can pause the game at any moment and give any of them specific commands that then play out in real time when you unpause. So works really well on the iPad. I really would like to play more of the Bioware games. I have played a lot of the first and second Dragon Age games, but nothing else. And eventually I would love to find the time to go back and pour through everything else they've ever done. Because have you not I played love the Mass Effect games? I have not played any of the Mass Effect games. Wow. I know that makes me a bad gamer. Hey, hold on. Before Reagan makes fun of you, Shane, I too have not played any. And that is Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3 are my number one, number one, number two, number three on my list of games that I need to go back and play. Like I've, with the show and with just, yeah, you know, other things, like I haven't been able to go back very much lately to like kind of do the whole backlog thing. Um, and but Mass Effect one, two, and three are basically the the top three on my list right now too mm. because I love Knights of the Old Republic so much and obviously Mass Effect has such high regard. Yeah, Mass Effect one is a great game, but Mass Effect two is the best RPG I have ever played, with the possible exception of The Witcher two. Um, it's it's an absolutely phenomenal game, and even Mass Effect three, which caught a lot of crap for some, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I'll tell you what I did. I played all of Mass Effect 1, loved the heck out of it. I played all of Mass Effect 2. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I played the the first 98% of Mass Effect 3, and then I stopped. Like, <laughs> I got up to the final boss moment, like, and this is, like, I didn't even really set out to do this, but I played right up to the point where you're about to reach the part that everyone complains about, and I was like, oh, I'll come back to this tomorrow. And then I knew it was going to be a disappointing ending. So I just stopped and I envisioned what the ending was going to be. And it was good. It was a good ending. <laughs> that's, hey, that's a way to do it. That's uh, you just you like crowdsourced your ending. Yeah. Everybody told you it was bad. So you you made your own. That, yeah. I guess that works. Worked great. So in that way, <laughs> Mass Effect 3 is great. And actually, I hear they patched the ending and it got a little bit uh, less bad. I don't really I don't even really understand what people's complaints were about. And I never will. Fair enough. <laughs> Just quit.
<laughs> yep, that's the, the the moral of the story is if the internet tells you it's bad, don't ever even try it. Yeah, well, it was also it was also a, a matter of getting distracted from the game for long enough that um, going back to it would have felt weird anyway. So, yeah, I've certainly done that with my fair share of games. I was kind of making mental notes of some of the bottomless games that I've played in my life. And what I mean by that are games that you can play uh, again and again and again, or games that you are never going to have, that don't really have an ending. We've played some of those games for the show, like Roguelikes. Nate, you and I were talking a lot about Banished a while back, and that I think mm-hmm. is a really good example of this sort of game. It's a simulation game. And it's not a short game because it has no ending, and it takes a long time invested in the game to even really hit that level of proficiency where you really feel like, I've experienced this game. Yeah, I haven't played it yet. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely interested in it. I'm probably going to be purchasing it shortly because I love these types of games. It, uh, it's not the same by any means, but Civilization, the whole series, I've oh, been yeah. a fan of Civilization. I've been mm-hmm. a fan of Civilization since the original. I've played every single one as it's come out. I didn't know you played it, the first Civilization. Yeah, yeah, I've played wow. them all. Um, well, sim games have a real place in my heart. I do like games that are kind of simulations. As starting off with games like Sim City, which we played tons of back way back in the day. Um, and even played games like Sim Ant, where you are simulating an ant colony, or Sim Life, where you create an ecosystem full of, you know, cre- uh, creatures that you design. Um, and I played a lot of games of that genre. I think I, I think I played Sim Earth, which I don't actually remember that many details about. I don't remember liking it very much. Yeah, um, I played a ton of Sim Ant <laughs> for sure. That game's actually really fun. Um, yeah, I remember that you uh, you're building an ant colony and you have to go and collect food, and so you'd have your ants crawling around inside of a house, and there would be like a giant toaster or like boxes well, of crackers. If you could make it to the house, yeah, you had to make it to the house. Though you started out in the yard. And you had to grow your colony enough to where you could actually expand into the house. But you obviously were pretty good at it if you're only remembering the house, because that wasn't, you know, just start in the house. That's all I'm saying. I think it had a lot of sort of free build aspects. This was a time when I wasn't really playing games for the challenge. I was a little kid when I played Sim Ant. Um, so. Yeah, it was like a it was like a very early '90s game. I think I remember just getting killed by spiders a lot. Yeah, and then you could actually become the spider and just go and chow down on some what i have no idea spoilers man spoilers (laughs) yeah go find go download it um i think it's everywhere now i'm sure that's like abandonware now right yeah it's gotta be maybe maybe not max but um you know yeah these we were talking about it actually in a dark room the for whatever reason, resource gathering and village building games, I've always been a big fan of. Civilization doesn't really fall into resource gathering as much as as this game seems to, but even RTS games, which, you know, I said I spent the the vast majority of my like teenage years went to MMOs, and when I wasn't playing MMOs, I was playing RTS games. StarCraft, Age of Age of Empires, Warcraft, 
one, two, and three. And those were all, if you were good at it, you understood it as a resource management game and how you spent your resources for the battle side of it. But it all started with a good resource management. So even games that are just resource management, which the Spanish game seems pretty pretty much like that, I think is interesting. And I could definitely see myself playing uh, just forever, just nonstop playing it. How much Banished have you played so far, Shane? Um, I, I'd like to look up. You might have to edit out a break here while I try and find that out for you. I also played a lot of um, Roller Coaster Tycoon. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to remember if it was Roller Coaster Tycoon or Sim Theme Park that I played most. Uh, Sim Theme Park, like, I, I played that too. It, if you remember having a good time, then it was probably Roller Coaster Tycoon. <laughs> I, I guess it must have been that. I have played only about 30 hours of Banished, but those have been really good 30 hours. It's a game that, it's a city building simulation, and so it was very instantly familiar to me from games like SimCity, um, really from SimCity, because what other city building simulation is there that's, that's worth mentioning, but the nice thing about Banished is that the scale is a lot smaller. And actually, I, I, the reason I recommended it to you, Nate, was not because I know you like uh, resource management games, but because I know you like games like Harvest Moon, because it's a farming game. You know, you're you're playing a group of people who have been kind of banished from presumably elsewhere. <laughs> you can do pretty much anything, anything that you want from the very start of the game. The interesting thing to me about it is that most of these games that are simulation type things, you have... Um, a lot of gating in terms of like what you can build. But really, if you're playing on normal mode, you have the resources to build basically anything right from the very start of the game. And your limitation is that, you know, if you do the wrong thing, you're not going to make it through the first winter. Interesting. Another interesting thing about the game is that it's all the product of this one guy. And I, I love it when they, they it's really just a singular vision, and that's what this is. It's this guy named Luke Hodorowitz, uh, who has a, a studio called Shining Rock Software that's just him, apparently. The interesting thing I saw on the Wikipedia page for it was that he wrote this engine for the game that was originally built for a zombie shooter that he was going to make. Hmm. That's quite the turnaround. And then uh, it was repurposed as this game. Yeah, but the game is is visually very pretty, um, it's, it's all kind of pastoral and, and, and beautiful, but it's, I, th I feel like the point of the game is that it really sucks to be a farmer because, <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're trying to build this little low tech town and your kids are going to die of starvation if you don't do it right. So sounds great. Yeah, well it is. <laughs> And the, the resource management has an element that I think is unique and interesting among resource management games. And that is that the most important resource I found as you get a little farther into the game is time. And, and not your time. It's the time of your little simulated people. Because if the person, if you'll, your little sim townsperson has to spend an half of their day getting to and from work, they're going to be a lot less productive. 
And then when it starts to get cold, they're going to spend most of their time at home. And then when they have to get food for their kids, they're going to do that more importantly than going out to work. And so you're trying to plan this economy, but you have to spend a lot of effort figuring out like who is going to be working on what and how is this economy going to really work and how do goods get moved around? Like if I have all my farms on one side of the map, but all of my, you know, other sorts of businesses on the other side of the map, how do the goods get back and forth? So it's a really interesting game. Yeah, I'm probably going to pick it up in the next couple days or a couple weeks. I did order a Wii U today. Oh, right. Is there a particular game you're looking forward to? Smash Brothers. Yeah, it's all sparked from Super Smash Brothers, though I did order the one with um, Mario, new Super Mario Brothers U, and the Luigi version of it, too. Mm. I got a chance to play that at a uh, a games meetup a little while ago, and it's a ton of fun. It's a really, really nice Mario game. Um, to kind of hit on these games that I've spent a lot of time with, I have played the Wii, the standard Wii version of this, um, where it's just an updated platformer. You know, there's there's some tricks to it where, like, there's new hats and stuff, but it's basically Mario 3 on a Wii, you know. Uh, I've and But you can play it multiplayer. I've played, I've beat that entire game with four people. We went from start to finish over, like, two or three weeks playing every other night or so. Uh, And that is some of the most fun I've ever had playing a video game. So I am very, very excited to kind of try to do that again with these new ones. That's awesome. But also Super Smash. And Earthbound. Um, I think if you're you're buying a Wii U, you are legally obligated to buy Earthbound to help remind Nintendo that they need to uh, bring out more mother games someday. You should totally play it. I'm just about to finish it. I've been playing it now. Speaking of long games, I've been playing Earthbound uh, with little fits and starts here and there for several weeks, and I'm right at the final boss, and I have to say it is... I used to say it was Chrono Trigger, but I'm pretty confident that this is my favorite retro game of all time like it's it's absolutely it's so worth playing it's a hundred percent worth playing today in 2014 yeah i mean as someone who does say chrono trigger is their favorite retro game uh that's a pretty ringing endorsement because i I love me some chrono trigger and ness was my favorite character on uh on the original super smash brothers he was tricky but if you could do it right it was good so well, let's wrap it up, guys. Uh, yeah. I don't want to talk about long games longer than we talk about short games. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be coming back with you next week with another exciting full-length episode of The Short Game. Thanks for listening. This is Reagan. You can follow me on Twitter at R-A-Y-G-A-N-K. And, of course, you can follow our show on Twitter at underscore short game. Nate, where can people find you? You can follow me on Twitter at Nate S-T-L. And Shane, you are on Twitter at Shane dot I forgot at 8bit Shane yes. <laughs> alright thanks very much and we'll catch you next week on another episode of the short game <laughs> <laughs>